sports fans, do not miss my new politics and culture podcast called Can You Hear Me Shaking My Head? This week, the creator of the ABC show Encore joins me. It's a show where they reunite the cast of a high school musical and ask them to perform it again 20 years later. Also, if you like this podcast, I encourage you to go to iTunes and write a review and give us a rating. It will really help. Thanks. Will the Thunder make a trade this year? What does Kawhi's imminent return mean to the Spurs and the Western Conference? Is Donovan Mitchell the real deal for the Utah Jazz? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown podcast slash live show. As always, I'm joined by Dave Dufour. And uh, don't forget, his Twitter name is Dave Dufour NBA, not what it says in the bottom <laughs> of the screen. So forgive me, I will fix that one of these days. And uh, Dave, what's happening, my man? Not much. I forgot to, to mute the Periscope, Periscope feed for the first time in a long time. So obviously I'm at the top of my game tonight. <laughs> Didn't even hear it. So don't worry about Good. that, at least on my end. And um, so, yeah, well, here we are. You're frozen. So, again, uh, we'll have to struggle with technology. I don't know about you, but I've been dealing with technology issues for the last, like, week and a half to the point where I was about to throw out all my computers out the, literally out the window and light them on fire. Yeah, um, I, I just said to you before we started, uh, I've been talking to my wife about just de-applifying our house because of how disappointing I am with – it just seems like the quality control has continued to plummet as far as the software updates and stuff like that coming out from Apple. Like, it's just – I don't know. I, I, it's hard to believe that this stuff would have been acceptable you know, eight years ago, and, and now it's just like – I don't know. It's it's terrible. The, the it's almost like planned obsolescence. Yes, and then that they force you to buy some new stuff or whatever. But man, that also turns you against Apple. So uh, you know, anyhow. And there was Con of Hoops is already ready for your camera to freeze, and he, boy, he was on it. Let's get yeah, into some questions it. right away, though, while we do this, because we want to start this this show with some questions first from Periscope and Twitter, wherever else we get them. So our Muniz uh, seven eighty five friend of the breakdown asks DeAndre getting traded soon. Um, I haven't even heard anything since the last time we talked about it, so it doesn't seem like anything's happening, right? Well, no, I mean, there is definitely trade talk happening with DeAndre. I actually expect him to be moved. I think that it's pretty obvious the Clippers are not going to make the playoffs. He's going to be a free agent. I don't know if the Clippers are going to want to pay him the money that he's going to ask for. Uh, It makes sense to move him if you can get an asset. And uh, right now, the teams that seem to be the most interested are the Wizards and the Bucks. And now, if I'm either one of those teams, I don't want to give up too much. Like, if if the Clippers, if you're the Wizards and the Clippers are asking for Porter or Ubre, I, I just don't think I could do that. Um, you have to look at DeAndre like you like he's a short term rental. You may lose him in the summer. Right. Uh, so, and the same with the Bucks. I I wouldn't be giving up Middleton or Brogdon. You know, or or even Snell, really. But um, and and I floated the idea of trading Jabari, but I, I don't even know if you do that. I don't know what you give up if you're one of these teams that that is. You know, you've got now this core group of guys. I don't know if you can break up that core for DJ. Not that DJ is not a great player, but he might leave in the summer. Yeah, 
I, you know, it's funny because the core group that should actually end up being maybe should be starting for the Wizards would be, you know, Ubre, Porter, Beal, and Wall, and then you know, I guess Gortat or whatever. Um, they're not starting Ubre, um, but at this point, the way the league is going, yeah, let Porter be let Porter be the four and it, try that because you know, right now it's it's going okay. They're twelve and ten, seventh in the in the East, but. It just seems like they're spinning their wheels. And at some point, you know, Washington's going to have to do something. I really feel like that. Otherwise, uh, they're just going to, you know, it's, they're going to peter out, too, in a couple of years. And they, they would have lost a chance to, to make something happen. But, again, I don't know if DeAndre Jordan, I guess, where you throw Gortat and uh, Oubre into a deal and get, get, get DeAndre Jordan. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that, that moves the needle either way. So I'm not giving up Oubre or Porter unless I'm also moving Jan Mahinmi. And I don't think anyone's taken on that contract. That, that's been that's the big limiter for the Wizards right now is that Mahinmi is just not going to be able to live up to that contract due to health or skill or whatever you want to say. And he's just this giant hole uh, in their in their balance sheet that that isn't able to be on the court and contribute. And so you know their bench is just terrible. And so uh, if I, were, I think you and I even talked about it. If I were them, I would just roll with Cortot, but try to get more bench pieces. You know, mm-hmm. make smaller leverage plays for more bench pieces. Sort of like what they did last year when they picked up Bohan uh, Bogdanovich, even though he wasn't very good when he got there. Um, it was the right idea. He was better than what they had, which was um, Michigan right. guy Burke, Trey Burke. Trey Burke, yeah, uh, you know, who again, a surprise because I felt like he would be better uh, coming out of college too. But uh, let's move on to another question here because ZJD three thirty asks um, uh, if D Rose comes back, do the Cavs even play him? And if you missed our uh, our my podcast from last week. Um, who did I have on? I had Joe Varden, who is the uh, Cavs beat writer for Cleveland.com, and we talked in depth about that whole thing. So either go listen to that or listen to me right now or Dave. But either way, um, you know, one of the points he did make was that, like three of the points, I believe, I actually made it as a quote uh, for Twitter, which was he doesn't really fit, right? Like he doesn't really have a place in this team, uh, especially with Wade now there. Um, and, and doing his role fine. And he uh, and it's just the money. Like, if he were going to turn down $80 million, it just seems hard to believe he would, like, retire and not come back and forfeit that money, which I think is what happened. So um, I think he comes back. I think that, you know, the question is, do they play him? I think he gets a much smaller role as they realize they're playing much better without him. I mean, he essentially would be their third point guard. Because I, I, the way I've watched their their lineups, they sort of play Wade as a nominal playmaker with secondary, you know, the second units. Um, yeah. And then what, if Isaiah Thomas is coming back in a couple of weeks, like those rumors uh, suggest, I, yeah, there's just no minutes for him. I just don't see it. Right. And, and the minutes he was getting, like, and by the way, the offense was fine. I did the breakdown of their streak. Their offense when he was in there was good. It was just the defense. And then the really strange thing in the video I showed was that, like, when you put Calderon out there, he's, he's better. He's better at team defense. And their defense, while it wasn't, like, lockdown stellar, was so much better, at least defensive rating within those lineups with Calderon than it was with Rose, that um, it, that's what made the huge difference for them. So, um, again, he doesn't have a role. And even at his best, he doesn't play defense well enough to, to really give him a chance. So, uh, yeah, he gets relegated behind. I mean, Calderon's not a point guard, so we're going to say, what, LeBron, Wade, uh, and then and then Calderon, I guess. I mean, and then uh, Rose would be the next point guard. Is that the order we're talking? Probably. Yeah. So, anyhow, 
Uh, interesting stuff and, and a really good uh, podcast to listen to because, uh, again, Joe uh, is uh, hands-on right in the middle of every scrum and everything every day. I've seen it. I was in Cleveland and uh, to the point where I thought he was, like, running things. It, I couldn't quite <laughs> tell, you know, if he was ESPN or not because he was just like, you know, they listened to him and those players listened to him. So check out that podcast. Um, Joe Goldstein asks, or J.E. Goldstein at 34 asks, related to that question, how long does the Cavs streak last? Um, you know what? They're not playing a lot of tough teams now. I looked at it. Did you, did you look at their schedule recently? I'm going to pull it up right now. There's there's only a couple of different games that stand out at you, thinking, oh, that's going to be tough. So they could go a little while, a little while longer, maybe even to the uh, the Christmas Day game against the Warriors. Yeah. Well, so they've got the Bulls uh, and the Kings up next. So that's probably two more wins. Um, then they've got the Pacers. That'll be a tougher game. And then they've got the Sixers. So, you know, I would say they'll probably lose to the Pacers or the Sixers if I just had to guess. But if they make it through those two, then it's Hawks, Lakers, uh, Jazz, but Gobert is coming back. So Jazz. Oh, is he really? He is. Oh, yeah. He's ahead of schedule. Wow. That's huge because they've been really struggling without him. Yeah. So um, I, I guess that's, that's the tough one right there is that if they can get through – the Pacers and the Sixers, then they, I mean, they could potentially get this up to 17 games. Um, I don't know if they care to do that though. I think a lot of this streak was about proving a point for LeBron in particular. Yeah. Um, okay. Fair enough. Maybe you're right, but I, I would have to imagine that because of their slow start, they're going to need to try and suck up as many of these wins as they can now. Um, until they can figure out what the, <laughs> the matchups are going to be for the playoffs and figure out how they want to, you know, to you know, win or lose games then at the end. But um, we'll have to see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, certainly I think it's, you know, it, it, what's the, uh, what, are you gonna, what are the odds you're going to give that they're going to make it all the way to Christmas Day? 50-50? Oh, no. I, I, maybe there's like a 10% chance. Oh, 10%? That's a, okay. It's a long ways off, man. It is. Well, well, I mean, we're already, what, on the, on the uh, what's the date today? The the third. third, I mean, yeah. Know. So it's another three weeks. I, I think that's, right. yeah. And if the Cavs do continue their streak, you can always send them some congratulatory flowers. And there is no better deal out there than going to proflowers.com. Thinking of sending a greeting card for the holidays? Everybody does that. And your card will be shoved behind Aunt Jean and Uncle Steve's on the mantle. Sending a bouquet is much more memorable. Their flowers are gorgeous and you'll get prime real estate on their dining room table. I just got some beautiful flowers five days ago, and their colors continue to get more and more radiant. More importantly, it brought a smile to my wife's face. So don't get the same old, same old traditional gift. Fly down that proverbial chimney with some candy cane roses, or their classic mini Christmas tree that comes with lights and ornaments. No matter what you choose, you'll get 20 bucks off any order of $29 or more by using my code BBALL at checkout. That's B-B-A-L-L. These beauties are guaranteed to stay fresh. So head over to proflowers.com, use my code BBALL, and be the real Santa this year. All right, well, let's go on to our uh, next question because it's actually to you. I'm going to throw it to you, and it's from XL Try, which would be two Ys at the end of that. Uh, He goes, what's up, Dave? Thoughts on OKC? And I think he needed a comma after Dave. What's up, Dave? Comma. There's no comma there. Thoughts on okay. OKC? Space? Question mark. Interesting. Um, this I'll is a crossover from the grammar breakdown. B-ball yes. and grammar breakdown. Grammar and composition breakdown. Right. Which uh, what's up with OKC? All Trump's tweets. All right, go there ahead. you go. Uh, you know, uh, this is something that you and I talk about quite a bit. Um, they are struggling 
to well, to do anything, to be honest with you. Um, I think you've got, obviously, you've got the, the Russ playing like dog poop right now uh, issue. You've got Mello playing like dog poop right now. You've got Paul George being criminally underused. You've got Andre Robertson playing too much. Um, you've got Steven Adams not touching the ball enough, not being able to do the things that he is actually excellent at that would make their offense, uh, you know, they would allow the offense to have easier looks, you know, get him some touches at the elbow, run some split cuts off of him, things like that. Um, you know, I did this whole, I think you saw it, this whole thread the other day where I just talked about the basic things they could do to improve their, their offense. Yes. They're not going to do those. And at a certain point, and you and I talked about this before. I think Billy Donovan, even after winning this game tonight, if you go look at the personnel they beat, they essentially played, you know, a, a, a let's say a really good G League team because Patty Mills didn't play at all. He played like nine minutes or something. Danny Green, Paul Gasol were all out in the second half. Kyle Anderson got hurt. Uh, Aldridge was out. Tony Parker was out. I mean, every good player for the Spurs was out. And so... So to only win that game by three, it was poor effort, um, just no execution at all in offense. It's all basic, uh, okay, Russ is going to run a pick and roll or he's going to stand around. Um, and and that just isn't going to get it done. I, I'm sorry. Like This is the same stuff, the same drum that you and I have been beating about OKC is that they really need just – to run anything on offense beyond just simple isolation or pick and roll. These tough buckets, they go away yeah. against good teams. And, you know, the Spurs didn't even have good personnel, and they still were taking away those buckets. So I actually – I think Donovan – you know, if they were going to – if they were going to fire Donovan for them losing this game, they probably should still just fire Donovan. And I hate to say that because I don't want anybody to get – Get fired, but wait, wait, you mean if, if they were going to fire somebody, it should be Donovan? Is that what you mean? Well, no, no. I mean, I, what I'm saying is, if if, if there was a discussion uh, amongst the front office folks mm-hmm. that if the if the Spurs beat yeah the the Thunder tonight, that they would fire Donovan, then they need to just fire Donovan. Yeah, right. I, I now hear that right. means they're punting on the season, yeah. right? But that means they'd be punting on the season, and, and so I don't know if they're ready to do that yet. It is for that sort of thing. It is still early. I still think OKC will make the playoffs, um, but they are not this world beater that that a lot of us, me included, expected. I really thought when Melo and Paul George got there, you would have guys that Russ respected, and I'm sure he does. Um, but I thought you would have guys he would be willing to defer to, and he hasn't been. And then I also thought we might get Olympic Melo, and we haven't. No, <laughs> we Mello, haven't at all. Yeah, he's falling. OKC Mello, it might be worse than New York Nick Mello. Yeah, if you go around the league and you talk to coaches around the league, they'll tell you that they're no, they don't fear Russ because they know that at some point down the stretch of a close game, he is going to do something or several things to give you the game. And if this wasn't an example of that, I don't know what you, I don't know what you're watching now. Of course, you can say he had a triple double. They never would have been in the game without him in the first place. But like, what's the point of having all those stats when you shit the bed down the stretch against you know third stringers? No offense to Brandon Paul, had that he on the show. We love the guy; he's developing, but he's still young, doesn't have experience, and neither do the other guys out there that were playing. 
So he comes down, he gets the terrible turnover, and they come right back down. He he literally runs right by his man to give up a three. Like, I don't know what he was doing, but he didn't pick up anybody. He ran to, like, he looked like he was on offense. Honestly, it looked like he was on offense running back to defense, and then, like, they gave him a wide-open shot. And then the next time down, they all, they're up by three. All I have to do is get the ball in, and they throw it in. He takes a bad angle so that when he catches it, he's already almost near the, the half-court line. Takes another dribble toward the half court. Then he's got barely any room to stay. Double team. Throws the ball away after he jumps in the air. And then comes down. And I didn't look at this carefully enough. And tell me if you did. Is when Brandon Paul comes down. And unfortunately, he looked like the, he, the, the last thing he wanted to do is shoot that ball. He was yeah, like, he somebody else it. has got to be open, even though he was wide open. Um, I, I don't know where Russ was. I think it probably was him who should have been getting back to pick up the ball. Did you see that? I actually wasn't paying attention to where Russ was at all. I was right. caught up in the play. Yeah, me too. Um, and by the way, friend friend of the breakdown, Duncan Smith uh, in the chat just just gave me this uh, the the statistics on uh, Russell Westbrook. He's a, in the twenty eighth percentile uh, as a pick and roll ball handler, and and that's the majority of his possessions. So really, um, I gotta. I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna look that up right now. We're talking. 20, I cannot. Twenty eighth percentile. By the um, way, I you know what? It's funny because. .701 points per possession. How does he get that? Oh, you know what? He must have gone to stats.nba.com because Synergy has been so hard to log into. Um, okay. So, and here's the thing. If you look at his Synergy stats for that kind of stuff in the past, it isn't like elite. That's that's what I've always sort of made my argument when I've used stats like that is that you see his overall is like 70th percentile, 75th percentile tops. Um, and then a lot of those, when you drill down into pick and roll ball handler, go down even further in a way that every other elite ball handler or ball you know, dominant guard that you see is not rated that low. And so you got to wonder, like, what that means. Because there's got to be some meaning to it. And it's, I've been talking about it for years. But uh, it's just infuriating. And it kind of at some point you got to wonder because Donovan came in, again, didn't want, doesn't want to get fired. Um, but there's a reason why they're not running the offense that he would want them to run, right? That they think that's the key. For some reason, they're not running it. Either he has the, doesn't have the ability to communicate it and they won't listen to him, or you have someone like Russ who is sort of torpedoing it and not doing it, and then everyone's like, well, F it, I, he's not going to do it. I can't, I can't run the offense then. I don't know exactly what that is, but there's something there, and it's a, there's a common denominator through all these years now, and it, it's, it's one guy. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people keep bringing up uh, that they should trade Mello. Well, Carmelo Anthony has a no-trade clause. He has to approve any trade that goes with his contract. Um, now, Paul George, on the other hand, now that might be a guy that, that they move. And, you know, I, I think that we're at the point of the season where they have, they have disappointed enough. And, and people keep bringing up their net rating and, and they forget, like, you know, they blew out the Bulls and that really affected that quite a bit. Um, I don't think that they have the net rating of a team that's 13 and five or whatever the numbers say or 13 and six or seven or whatever. Um, but uh, they on the court, they don't look like a good team. You know, just to the eye test, they do not look like a good team. And then when you look at the results, that's in line with about what I expect for this team. They're going to win some games against good teams, and they're going to, mo- but they're mostly going to lose them. That's how they look on the court. It's it's just the offense is so jumbled. Again, Robertson is downright unplayable. There is no amount of defense he can play to make it worth having him in the game, especially in clutch situations. Right. Uh, I'd rather see him get the Zaza Pachulia treatment, you know, maybe four to six minutes to start the game, four to six minutes in the uh, after halftime. And then if, you know, if you have someone like, uh, okay, so Clay Thompson's hot. Okay, 
Robertson, get in there. You got to you got to shut him down. You know, stuff like that, and, and basically use him as a defensive specialist. Uh, but what they do now, no team, no good team is guarding Robertson at all. The Spurs tonight, when Robertson was out there, they just used Robertson's man to double. So any t- any sort of post entry or or it, it, even high post entry, they were just doubling off Robertson and completely ignoring him and trusting the help that if he cut. They would have a helper there, right. and and that's what every good team is going to do. That's what happened on Twitter. I was talking about that because if you want to judge them as an eighth seed or barely making the playoffs, okay, fine, they got something there. But if you're looking at you know these three all stars and they're supposed to be a make a run, then yeah, there's just no way because none of the good teams can do that. Now you mentioned thirteen and eight or whatever you said that the uh, are you talking about the OKC's record? Yeah, no. So so it's like their um, their net rating basically is that of a team with a winning record. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, right. And by the way, again, it's, it's because down the stretch of some of these games, they're just crapping the bed and it's rust. Well, one way to get rid of the taste in your mouth after watching the thunder in crunch time is to make a delicious home-cooked meal from Blue Apron. They're the number one fresh ingredient delivery service in the country, making incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. I know I'm not alone in my disdain for having to go shopping for food at the supermarket. And I swear, half the produce I buy goes bad before I cook it. Blue Apron eliminates that by delivering the food right to your door with each ingredient measured exactly and easy-to-follow recipes that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. You'll never have a recipe repeated within a year, and they can customize them to your liking. Plus, the delivery schedule is tailored to your calendar. I just made their Chile butter steaks with lemon parmesan broccoli and potatoes, and my whole family was giving me high fives the entire meal. The best part of all is that you can save $30 off your first meal by going to blueapron.com slash coachnick. That includes free shipping, so what are you waiting for? Head over to blueapron.com slash coachnick, save $30, and find out what it's like to cook and eat incredible home-cooked meals. Blue Apron. It's what's for dinner. Oh, wait. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Uh, anyhow, let, let's move on to uh, another question because we're getting really great stuff. And by the way, I think a lot of what we just talked about the last few minutes addresses a ton of the questions that we're seeing right now in Absolutely. the um, chat. So that kind of hopefully everyone was listening to that and got it. Uh, what do we see next? Can you grab one? Uh, there was actually a good one. Oh, um, so how about do you have since we're talking uh, – a little bit about Spurs OKC. So Kawhi may be back really soon. Um, do you have any thoughts on, and this is, I've seen this a few times in the chat, so I won't call anyone out in particular. Um, but do you have any thoughts about how Kawhi is going to reintegrate to this team and maybe the effect it will have on LaMarcus Aldridge, who's actually having an all-star caliber season, his most efficient season of his career looks as good as he ever has. Um, do you think do you think we see a huge downturn or do, do you think Kawhi is going to just come in and be a, a normal Spurs guy and uh, just blend in? Well, I, I'll jump on this real quick. I, I, they have the benefit of playing last year together. So that's big. If they didn't have that experience, that would be another issue that I would think that could be a problem. Um, it'll certainly affect LaMarcus Aldridge. He's not going to get the same amount of touches and usage as he has, and that's that's going to be something. And, it, and it, we've seen it could be a thing, right? Like LMA is sort of the guy who can be moody and temperamental and things uh, don't go his way. He can kind of sulk and, and not play as hard. So that that could be a thing. Um, 
However, maybe they've gotten through whatever they needed to get through him and Pop, and they're on the better page now, and then Kawhi can come in. Again, Kawhi will come in probably a little bit less aggressive and trying to blend in, I would imagine, to start off and get in, get in shape. So that should help as well. But overall, I mean, you know, the, the rest of the league should be very, very concerned uh, that Kawhi is going to come back, and it is, especially if he's 100%. If that's the case, then they shoot right back up to being, uh, you know, the, the, the primary con- uh, contender for, or maybe, I you, guess, maybe with Houston, but certainly. Yeah, I was going to say, would you put them above Houston? Uh, as far as against the Warriors. I mean, um, I think you kind of have to. I think, yeah, if Kawhi comes back 100%, then, then yeah, just because the system and the coaching and that whole thing gives them another level, even though D'Antoni is amazing as well. Um, it's got to be probably 1-1A one one or, or, you know, flip a, you can flip a coin for either one of those guys, those teams. Yeah, I, I think Pop has something figured out about the Warriors. And I think, I think that like we saw that earlier this year where they got up and then you know the Warriors came back. Um, I, I wonder how much of that comeback was Pop saying, "Okay, we're going to go away from that thing that we figured out." So they haven't fi- so they can't figure out that we figured it out. But Pop definitely has something, and and you know part of that is that they're they're always going to defend well and they're not going to turn the ball over a ton, and that that helps especially if you can get, if you can get the Warriors sped up. Getting them turning the ball over, making mistakes, trying to trying to hit home runs rather than singles, as Steve Kerr has said numerous times in the last couple of weeks. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think that right now, clearly, Houston is is a step above everyone else in the chase for the Warriors. And uh, yeah, when he gets back, yeah, yeah. I'm, hey, I'm ready. Let's do something we haven't done in a long time, which is kind of fun uh, in our live uh, Periscope setting. Let's all press that share button on your phones or whatever on, on the Twitter and let everyone else know that it's following you, that you're in this chat with us and get everyone in here because we have a ton of people and it'd be great to get even more and get some more questions. So um, let's do it. Let's do that for fun. I just did it a couple times and I, I'll do it again. So join me. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Kevin Foley asks, Wizards go on a five-game road trip versus the Jazz, Suns, Blazers, Clippers, and Nets. Any chance they can pick up wins? Well, obviously, you know, out of five-game road trip, you want to win, I guess, at least three of those. Three uh, is can a, they, that's a successful trip. Yeah, right. So can they win three of those? Can they beat? Well, the Suns, they should be able to beat. The Clippers, they should be able to beat. Uh, the Nets, they should be able to beat. So they got three right there, right? Yeah, that's, that's at least three. And if they could squeak out a win against one of those others, I mean, that's a super successful road trip. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the Blazers are kind of playing up and down. Like, they look good a lot of the time, and they kind of then don't look great. Um, but a uh, friend of the breakdown, TJ McCollum, is just shooting the lights out of the ball right now. Um, and that's exciting you know, to watch. I need to, I need to actually come clean on this. Because, as you remember, last year, I said TJ McConnell's not even an NBA player. Oh, yes, you do. I did. I wait. Wait. I was so wrong. did C.J. McCollum jar your head into T.J. McConnell? I, did I say T.J. McConnell? Yeah. I did what'd you say T.J. McConnell? Yeah. I've been meaning to come clean about T.J. McConnell, not C.J. McCollum. You, you. What? What did you? Wait. I don't even remember now what you said about C.J. So it's it's no C.J. is fantastic, and I, he's actually turning out to be one of the best shooters of this generation. Yeah. I've never had any doubt about C.J. But when you said C.J. in my, I've got my notes here. T.J. Okay. McConnell. Is one of the guys I needed to talk about. Shame, shame on you for not yeah. seeing what I saw uh, two years ago. Yeah, I was so completely wrong about T.J. McConnell. It's it's not like I'm embarrassed a little bit that I that I didn't see this coming. What what I will say is he has made improvements, which is always hard to predict. And uh, 
Yeah, the guy's been really good. And it helps, like, you know, you, when you've got a guy that competes the way he does, his teammates always pick him up. You know, they love him. He obviously has really earned his his playing time. Um, he's been really, really good. And I was wrong. Yes. Uh, you know, what I had seen in the glimpses or whatever I had seen was a guy who could push the ball quick, made the right decision, and passed it a lot. Like, this, there's a, the new stat, by the way, it's going around Twitter, have you noticed, is um, – is assist per pass ratio or assist to pass ratio because I'm sorry, assist to passing turnover ratio. Can you follow me? Oh, yes. Okay. So it's not like the dribbling turnover. So it's like really how good of a passer are you, right? And it's like uh, CJ is up there. Um, CJ McConnell, uh, TJ uh, uh, McConnell is up there as well. Um, There's a couple other surprises on there I'm forgetting. But either way, um, that that is the kind of thing that that TJ – He's just he's plays within himself. He's a tough defender. Can't really shoot, but you know what? He's developed a mid-range game, and he's getting into the lane, and he's kind of doing these little fadeaways from about 14, 15, and they're going in. Um, he's a terrific little player to have on your team with a good nucleus like they have. A really great pickup. I'd like to see him add to corner three, um, and not just be able to hit it, but to be able to shoot a couple of game. Uh, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, and he um, should be. You know, you'd say most point guards don't get point, uh, corner threes because you know they're in the offense, other places. But of all the teams to play on, that would be exactly. the one where Simmons is going to hit him for those. Exactly. Well, also he can do it the way Steph does it: give the ball up and then hustle to the corner. And, and Steph, for some reason, Steph's the only guy that, that we ever see do that. Well, I, and, I caught wait, I caught Chris Paul doing it today. I, I, I Twitter videoed it, uh, and exactly. And in case you don't know what that means, you drive it all hard, you drive and kick. And then you don't stop. You go right out to the corner around the three-point line. It's almost a guaranteed open shot for you. Exactly. And I think McConnell, that could be, again, if he can become a good corner three shooter, that could be a way for him to actually get even more points per game and and to stretch the defense and all these other things. Just become a threat. Because, you know, hustle is not like a concern for T.J. McConnell. Um, So, uh, yeah. I think that, yeah, that could be a thing. Uh, we got any other questions? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, the way you were finishing that point, it made me feel like you already had one sort of picked out, I, ready to go. I, I was looking and I, let's yeah. see. We got, we, I mean, listen, we got a lot of stuff going on here. And again, props to Periscope for finally fixing this darn scrollable uh, you know, uh, comment section now. But, uh, I mean, here's one I'm going to grab. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to read it. But here, oh, well, you know what we could talk about is your boy, Donovan Mitchell. And that brings us to uh, Del Matanuts. It says, do you pay one-legged Rodney Hood now that Mitchell is a stud? Jazz got themselves, themselves a superstar, best rook. So let's talk about that because I just did a video yesterday on – did you, by the way, watch it? it was a, you would have loved it. I haven't watched it yet. I've got it in my queue. All right. Well, you're going to love it because it's a, it's oh, a Star watch it Wars tonight. theme. Yeah. I actually, I bought my tickets tonight, finally. Finally. You bought your ticket? I, I bought my ticket for Star Wars. I waited until tonight to buy have, my ticket. I haven't done that. Why am I waiting? Because it's like my son's birthday is right around that time. It's like it's going to be a birthday gift, and I haven't done it. Why? I don't know. I don't know. But we still had plenty available. I actually bought uh, tickets for IMAX. So... Okay. I'm excited for that. This should be fun. Um, yeah, okay. So let me answer that the, the pay Rodney Hood question first. Um, so the shooting guard market next summer is actually going to be really tight. This is why it was smart for uh, Gary Harris to go ahead and do his extension now. He, he actually made out really well. And, I mean, he's, he's been playing really well. Rodney Hood 
probably should have followed that same model. Rodney Hood's only he's only scoring 18 points a game right now. Um, he has dealt with that calf injury all season, and and actually dealt with coming off the bench a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think that Donovan Mitchell will affect whether Utah pays Rodney Hood or not. I think okay. that that's the guys who are going to be affected are, you know, will they consider bringing Ricky Rubio back? And what are they going to be willing to offer Dante Exum? Because I look at Donovan Mitchell as more of a one. He's a combo guard, but I look at him for that team as more of a one. You watch how he how he's running the pick and roll, the the amount of patience he he's showing in the pick and roll, understanding pace, waiting on the screen, uh, being able to hit hit guys with a nice pocket pass. That all this stuff that takes like tempo and timing, he's already flashing like the ability to do that stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't think that it's going to affect Rodney Hood that much. The, the rest of the shooting guard market is definitely going to affect Rodney Hood. Um, but I think that the Jazz will probably bring Rodney Hood back. Fair that's enough. My, that's I my mean, guess. Why not? He's the kind of guy you want, right? He's a good team player. He's been loyal to the Jazz. Keep, keep him there. Uh, let's talk about Mitchell a little bit. So did, you, did you watch the 41-point game at all? I, did, I just watched, like, the highlights of it. Yeah. He looked great. I man, my favorite thing was when he was hitting those free throws, and I was just watching the guy light up. Watch how his teammates react to him. You know that kind of stuff. Quinn Snyder, and you know, last year I talked about this a little, a lot actually. His end of game stuff really bugged me. Uh, the X and O's decision making and things like that. The culture that he's built there is unassailable. You cannot like the the idea that everyone needs to touch the ball almost every possession on offense. The egalitarian offense that they run. It is built that team that we we got to see the other night where they I mean they were they were so happy for that guy to score 41 points and you know he's a rookie and he's taking the second most shots on the team and there's no you're not hearing any any kind of uh you know locker room drama coming out of that team so you know kudos to Quinn Snyder for uh really really building a strong culture in, in Utah yeah, and they just torched Boogie. It was really uh, embarrassing down the stretch where they figured out, hey, we bring him up, either he's way too far back and he's nailing threes, or he comes up and just reaches. I, I don't remember, and I bet you if you looked at a lot of the Boogie stuff, he just reaches in on point guards as if he's going to steal the ball at his size against a guy who's half his size. It's crazy and gets blown by every time. He'd be so much better if he just gave less effort just to kind of back up a little bit more or something. But um, they literally torched him. He had every manner of Euro and, and, and tricky step drive with uh, whatever hand you wanted and whatever foot. Uh, it was really incredible. And then, yeah, he was nailing threes as well. Beautiful jump shot. So uh, this kid is... Um, he's got the body, you know, he's got that strong, uh, what would we call it, Dave? Stout. Stout. We're going, uh, we're, he's, he's stout. He is. Not really. I mean, he's small though. I mean, he's six, three, like one ninety, one ninety five. Isn't his wingspan like six eleven or some crazy? It, it is. It's six ten. Yeah. I mean, he, so I'm not, I'm not worried about like his size at all. Um, I'd like to see him if he could put on like another five to 10 pounds, that would help him out a lot. I mean, you know, the closer you get to looking like James Harden, the better, in my opinion. Absolutely, uh, and that means you know, growing a beard maybe as well. That's right. So. Grow a beard. You know, get some more muscle. Yeah. Become left-handed. Been, by the way, I've been going to the gym. I've been really, uh, you know, pumping some iron, so I'm I'm ready for my muscles to come back. Nice. <laughs> you know, and I just although I feel terrible. Uh, um, I got a, I got another question. All right, let's wrap uh, this, this up. Is from another question or two. Jay Varela. Um, 
who asked it earlier, and I just saw it again. Um, should the league step in and help uh, Nerlens and Jaleel Okafor? Interesting. I, I don't. I mean, I just don't see why that would even be a thing. I mean, I, I will agree that that Nerlens Noel sitting on the bench is not great for Nerlens Noel, but uh, the the story is that he's kind of uh, a bit of a headache, mm-hmm. um, and and we heard that even when he was in Philly. So this isn't like he's just butting heads with uh, Carlisle. And then with Jaleel Okafor, he's just not good enough to be on the floor. Now, in an ideal world, those guys get to move somewhere where they get a chance to play and you know they turn it around and all those things. But no, I don't see any reason why the league – doesn't seem like the, the, there's any sort of collusion to keep those guys off the court. So No, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, it just doesn't – and what would they do? They can't do anything. Like, you're right. They can't compel them to play them. Right, right or trade? I don't know. Um, it's a weird thing because I would imagine that Jaleel Okafor, you know, in some in some weird you know version of some other team, like could could be helpful, you know. Um, so it's got to be rough on him too. Uh, the Noel thing, I haven't. I need to kind of like study more. I don't even know what all the information is there. But well, he had uh, a hot dog at at halftime the other day. Oh, he did. Yeah, he went to the media room or something and got a hot dog. How do you get? How do you get to the media room from like your locker room at halftime? That's another one of those crazy things. So, because you know what I mean, I, I, you, we've been in the bowels. It's like those aren't always anywhere near each other. Um, yeah, if, when you type in Nerlens Noel on on uh, Google, it Nerlens Noel hot dog comes up. I mean, that's <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, Dave, I, I mean, listen, this was a fast-paced, breakneck speed, awesome uh, podcast. I, I love the fact that we got enough questions just to kind of run the whole show from there. Yeah, I mean, I always love it when we can outsource content. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, that, that the whole point of um, Periscope is to actually interact with people who are watching. That's the whole thing. So yep. we probably should be doing it even more. But, man, that was great. Um, so I don't know. Anything else you want to plug before we wrap up? No. You know, subscribe to the podcast, uh, this one and mine, uh, on the NBA with Dave DeFore. Make sure you go on iTunes, rate and review both of them. You know, leave us a nice little review. And we'll, maybe we'll start shouting those out on the podcast. Yeah, we will. We need more reviews. So go over there and give us some reviews, and uh, some preferably nice ones on iTunes. And, uh, and let everyone else know on Twitter what we're doing, uh, how, what, you know, that we're li- you're listening and you're part of this thing. And um, by the way, we're going to do another one of those live shows that you were not a part of, Dave, unfortunately, on Wednesday. But I think we're going to maybe start doing them on Sundays where we're going to have uh, – I'm going to bring in correspondents from the bballbreakdown.com community to discuss each game that happened that day. It was a really cool thing. The technology was not ready for prime time, and it, it, could, it <laughs> could not be synced. I couldn't hear. I was 12 seconds behind the correspondents. But if I can ever figure that out like we're doing now – Look out. I mean, it's going to be the show you're going to want to watch every uh, every Sunday night to figure out what happened in those games because it's a really yeah. great breakdown. Yeah, no, I mean, and the hope is that I'm I'm able to be on those as well. So, that yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, Sunday's probably the best day because it's usually, usually only like four, maybe five games, usually finish early, um, mm-hmm. and so we can kind of run them all down, and then that could be – we can even gra- go right into our podcast from there. So, anyway, Dave, as always, awesome stuff. Thanks for, for coming on the show. And um, – Don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? You in, Dave? Yes, I am.